I still have a shot of Baijiu. Yeah. Started. It's that clay looking pot. Uh -huh. So, which one's mine? Whichever one you want. <laughs> that was a mistake. Sipping or shooting? This is the China Arts Podcast. I'm Kirk Kenny. My guest today is musician, comedian, and friend Parker Trevathan. We also have some live old time jam music with Parker, Travis Klingberg, and myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kirk, let's get Ooh, started. Damn. All right. Well, welcome to the China Music Podcast, tentative, tentatively named. My guest today is Parker Trevathan. Hello, everyone. Not to be confused with Parkour <laughs> Trevathan. All the other Parkers out there. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to test some questions on you today. Mm -hmm. Thank Feel you free. for Thank you for being here and letting me... Uh, guinea pig upon you <laughs> haven't heard of that move but okay. uh, yeah and i've made it a verb and i'm, I'm adding upon with it it's you're phrasal. my friend it's become phrasal. I'm, I'm happy to help you <laughs> uh so first of all you you've just moved to Tianjin. yes i did why did you do that huge mistake <laughs> <laughs> your music was going so well while you were here and and now you're gone I don't like to, suffering. I don't like to think music went well because I was here, but yes, it was a fun time. You're a solid, reliable musician. You play drums, you play mandolin, you can sing while doing either of those things. Usually when other people can't <laughs> myself especially. I pick up slack, that's what you're saying. Yes. It, well, that's important for um, a musician. You're really good you're an awesome studio musician. Oof, for that okay. reason especially. Um are we talking about the same You're guy? You're not really a front man. Though, <laughs> Are we talking about the same guy? No, I'm not a front man. I'm like a side man. A sidekick. The, the comic relief. The obnoxious. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want to be uh, stared at. Wait, why did why did you move to Tianjin? Uh, I moved to Tianjin because I was starting a master's program, and I knew that would have to be my primary focus. Uh, so I knew being in a place that was less distracting would be to my benefit. So you mean a place that's boring? A boring place? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> a place where I had less going on nightlife-wise. Yeah. So I would be much less likely to get distracted and start slacking in my class. I mean, have you actually tried to go out and find places in Tianjin? That, I have uh, not, because one is lazy. <laughs> that yeah. defeat the purpose. Well, no, it's one is laziness, and two... The four months I've been down there, three of those months, every weekend I was coming back to Beijing or to Shanghai for gigs. Oh, yeah. So only this last month have I actually been down there. And that not going out has been one, the cold, and two, laziness. Mm. Um, but yeah, I knew I needed to be in a far less distracting place. And also, my lady lives down there, as you well know. As I know. As We've been knows. doing distance for four fucking years. So yeah. You got kind of old. But, uh... I definitely miss all the music I was doing in Beijing. It kept me very active. As you know, a lazy hermit like me needed <laughs> needed that uh, and, impetus. And the income's always like... Well, yeah, that, it, that, that helped, of course. But it just something to push me to go out daily, which I might not do otherwise, mm -hmm. was, was really good. And to, you know, interact with people, even if we didn't chat so much and just play. I mean, in terms of, like... I mean, you, you were in Beijing for what, how long? Four years? Four years. Were you doing music the whole time, pretty much? Um, so I lived in Tianjin for 09 to 2010, and then I moved to Beijing in August 2010, 
had a university job. And that first fall, I didn't really play music at all. I reached out a little bit to Jackson from the Red Bucks, who I kind of knew uh, through email. Mm. And I hung out with the Red Bucks a couple times, told you I did that one gig with them, some embassy gig. The one where you had like the rehearsal? Yeah, and it was me, Chris, Amy, Luke, and Jackson. Um, okay. Who are, uh, you were you filling in for someone? Gigs. No, but the other guitarist had left. Christine had left. Oh, they needed, uh, I guess they needed Chris to play guitar. Uh, yeah, Chris to play some guitar. So okay, I told okay. Mando. Yeah, that's that's about when I, I met Amy and Jonah. Okay. It was like the sort of like... Yeah, this when I started like going to El Nido. September of 2010. Yeah, exactly. And like then, that, that fall. So that whole fall, you know, I wasn't really playing much at all. Um, and then the next February is, I think, is when he started the Pickers and when I met you guys. So when, that's... When Chris... Yeah, Chris Boner. Grandpappy Redbuck. Right. So when I... Uh, so that just snowballed into the stable yeah. and... Yeah, we were, we, we were like original et cetera, et cetera. pickers. Yeah. Like you and me and Chris and... and what's then, it? Uh, what, was, what was that girl's name? Leslie? Leslie, I think. Is that her name? Maybe. Laura? Leslie? Le- I, think Leslie. Like, I think it was Leslie. Let's we're sorry, guitar. Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Laura. You haven't hung out enough. <laughs> but yeah, it was the four of us. That's right. And Chris was playing fiddle. We were doing right, right. simple we fiddle like tune over two and over tunes and over. The, the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that's what started the whole thing. I mean, the whole year and a half leading up to that, I played almost no music, except a little bit on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Jesus. 
So, you've been in the Randy Abel stable basically since the beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, for the Randy, like the pickers met, what, like more or less weekly for years, two, two or three years, and then two years, really. Mm-hmm. Three I guess. Years, and then, um, then out of that, though, came like Randy Abel stable, the Ring Road Little Rambles. Handsome. Ring of Ramblers, mm-hmm. um, the Hutong Yellow Weasels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think the Pickers started in either January or February of 2011. I'm not sure exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the first one was Yumi, Chris, and Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> it's Leslie. And uh, the second one, Randy and Peter showed up. I remember. Mm. Uh, and then maybe... Where was the second one? Same place. Really? I yeah. think I missed that one. Then. Okay. Yeah, I, I only yeah. remember going to that one... What was the name of that place? It was like on, it was right by the second ring road. Like yeah, north close ma- to ending then. Bela Luchon. Right. Right the north mouth right. of that. I lost, a, I lost a scarf there. I had to burn it to the ground. You've lost scarves <sighs> in Seriously. Seriously. Um, but yeah, maybe a month later, we had moved over to Great Leap... Josh was coming. I think mm-hmm. Dan started coming, and then Randy. Uh, he had some friends around town. A lot of them uh, Irish dudes who used to live in Higher Bean. Oh, One yeah, of them okay. worked at or uh, managed the Palm or Palmy up in Schwinnie, uh, mm, and yeah. he asked. I guess Randy said, "Can I do a gig here?" But Randy didn't have a band, so he came back to Pickers and just chose, you know, from the instruments of people who were playing there, and he picked, mm-hmm. uh, asked me, Josh, and Peter mm-hmm. to play that show with him, and we did, and we were likely awful. And we had, I think, we had one vocal mic, and we just stood around that, oh. and there was just a few people. Well, like a fifty-eight vocal mic. Yeah, or? exactly. Oh God, exactly. Okay, and there was like a few stragglers at the bar. It was really low key, and then. Then we saw UC at the Hot Cat open mics. Right. And Randy befriended him and asked him to join. Right. I remember going to one of those open mics. I think it was after that, but seeing him on stage just go through like the entire, what, like Rolling Stones best 100 mm. songs ever list Crazy and just playing them on mandolin. <laughs> yeah. The main thing I remember is Young Americans, the David Bowie song mm. on solo mandolin and voice. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is this guy? The Hot Cat open mic was like. That was a place. Yeah, yeah. That was a really key place for a while there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially, I think while while he was, I think when UC was in charge of it, like, mm-hmm. getting, I think it was actually really that was probably my favorite yeah. time for that. Yeah, I think like late summer, early fall of 2011, we were going there a bunch. Um, but yeah, that was how it happened. So mm-hmm. I totally thought. I can't remember what I thought, but I think that I didn't know the stable would be a band. I thought it would just be a one-off thing for a gig or a couple or a few. Mm. And I was just itching to play with people and play live. Yeah. And that's how the Ramblers started, too, because Dan worked at the China Daily. And he knew this guy, Patrick, an Australian guy who plays guitar, who's Randy actually has his guitar now. That oh, guitar. that's that guitar is... Yes, exactly. And they were having a holiday party, and they said, do you guys want to do a song? And so Dan asked me and Josh to join him, mm. and we learned Country Roads nice. and one other song. Mm. 
socks. Smart Wool makes awesome socks. I would love to get a Smart Wool spot. Smart Wool sponsorship. That'd be smart awesome. Rule? Smart Wool. Oh. It's that brand that makes they make clothes and mm. like a pack or something. But they if they that uh. If was smart, he wouldn't have gotten himself shorn. They <laughs> 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 what? I think it'd be awesome if like Smart Wool sponsored musicians. It'd be like, brought to you by Smart Wool. And like, hey guys, you can't see it, but I'm wearing Smart Wool. Yeah, (laughs) You can't see it at all right now, but... If Smart Wool made some awesome glove for my hands that I could play while, like, in the winter. Some sort of needle covers? Yeah, like, maybe they they go around, they... they, It goes, like, along the back of your finger somehow. My nerves are very fine. That would be incredible. Yeah. If you had some cable that was, like, a warming cable. Oh. That's a good idea, Kirk. I should invent that. That's good, man. Thanks.
So you guys learned Country Roads. Yeah, and one other song. Like, I think we learned You Are My Sunshine. And we had nice. a cool like three-part harmony worked out. For Sunshine? Yeah. Nice. And we only ended up doing uh, Country Roads. And then after that, uh, Patrick, we just, he didn't practice with us very much. You know, maybe a few times after that. And me and Dan and Josh started playing a lot more regularly. But Dan... Mm -hmm. He worked at nights, so it was virtually impossible to right. yeah, he set the, up gigs. What newspaper was that he was working on? China Daily. Yeah. So it was really tough to set up gigs. That's why we were a rare sighting. Right. But you, you guys were... I wish that's, that's one of my sort of regrets, is I wish the Ring Road Ramblers had been able to thrive more. Oh, man, I fucking love that band. so good. I loved it. And uh, we worked really hard on it, breaking down harmonies. And Josh was the kind of the leader of that mm -hmm. like he could you know figure out the voicings for each chord that we were hitting and suggest okay how about going here instead mm -hmm. of there and usually I would just hear something and sing that if I was going to harmonize but most yeah. of the time I was singing lead okay and, and so then Josh would go low and yeah Dan Josh would, would do high. like baritone, baritone Dan would go high yeah okay and usually they you know figured out oh, I'll sing a third above or this or that and uh, we broke down every syllable, and then we do a word, and then we do two awesome. words, awesome. and just build and build yes. until it was <laughs> so solid. So it felt great. I, I love that group. Passed well, in the wind. How long has it been now? It's been what, three years since, since the Ramblers. Since the stable. Oh man, stables. It's what, two thousand four years, two months, in two months, it'll be four years. Pick, Pickers was 2011, so two, three, yeah. four, so it'd be four years. Yeah, now. I think the stable started in like March of 2011, something like that, March okay. or April. Sure. So yeah. that's going to be four years. Wow. Crazily enough. Do you, when you guys have been touring around, how do you, how do you think that compares to your in-town gigs? I mean, like... I guess I'm, I'm, what I'm getting at is sort of like how the kinds of gigs that you guys get as a band, an Americana band in particular, around the town, yeah. like around here, I mean, are those good gigs? Are they... I mean, your turnout is generally pretty good and you guys have, have sort of a following. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> most of the gigs out of town are not in normal venues, you know, except in Shanghai. Right, okay. So, where we played, um, fuck is that place called? Yuyintang? Right. Um, yeah. A couple times, and that went great. But all the other gigs we've done out of town have almost always been festivals, so mm. it's hard to compare it to playing bar club gigs. Okay. I mean, the gigs here, they're always fun, because they're usually kind of rowdy, kind of unpredictable... Um, people will get enthusiastic and that's mm -hmm. fun. You know, that's, it's a enjoyable wave to ride, I guess you'd say. <laughs> and, uh, we've never been like super tight or clean or well arranged or well organized, but sometimes that fits in with the kind of aggressive. I, I think the audience is not that clean either. You know, yeah, organized, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Like, so you got something in common really. Right. And it's it's cool One to have like a, a a band of the people where you've got like you know just a community thing coming. I think that what what I like about the stable is that at the shows, 
you see a lot of the same people, you know, like from show to show to show. I mean, you can see new people too, obviously, especially mm-hmm. depending on the venue. But like the, the the sort of regulars who come out, like friends of the band and stuff, it's it's sort of like a community gathering place. Right. It's right. Like, oh hey, how you been? Like I haven't seen you since the last show. You know? Right. Right. It's real. But ca- like the, the casual vibe. The Beijing Dead thing was too was also like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, that was fun too. And then you guys got all the like the old Deadheads out too. <laughs> awesome. Young awesome. at heart. That's why main reason I wanted to do it. Yeah. How many bands have you been in so far then here? Three? Last spring was the most Four, bands. Five? Last spring I was in six. At once. So, no. I mean, the main ones were The Stable and uh, Beijing Dead. Okay. And then I played a fair amount of times with the Weasels. Yeah, a lot. Um, Honky Tonk Angels. Right. For a while. Uh, and then there was a, about a month where I was gigging with uh, confectionaires and recording with them. Oh, yeah. And then... May, yeah. There was a sixth group. Why am I forgetting it? I could have sworn there were six. Okay. <laughs> now it's facing. <laughs> but, uh... Sourpuss. Yes, exactly. Was that happening? Exactly. Then? Yeah, yeah, yes. Sourpuss was alive. That's right, that's right. Sourpuss. That's the sixth. Um, yeah, it's out of control. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. I've never... You remember the Tachangdi thing. I was I on the stage all fucking day. <laughs> like if Sourpuss had played... Yeah. If Sourpuss had played, that would have been all six. Yeah, seriously. Um, we should have played. Let's we, call Kate and Chris those assholes. Man. That was assholes. Selfish. Shellfish. Um, shellfish. Yeah. Shellfish. And I'm allergic. No, I'm not. But, um... Yeah, it's by far the most groups I've ever been in. In the States, I was usually in one band, and then sometimes concurrently would be in a gamelan ensemble, and that was for two years. Well, so did money come from that? I mean, like, for those six Doing bands? Doing the six bands? No. No. So where, how were you making money? If making money? Um, were you making money? I, last spring, I was kind of stayed relatively afloat. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I barely, and still, barely go out. I never right, right. spent much money on food. I always ate kind of shitty and sparingly. <laughs> a lot of times I'd eat like once a day or whatever. Okay. Um, never went out to socialize in bars or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my religion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess it kind of, before that, like the few months before mm-hmm. that, the six band extravaganza, I was kind of steadily losing money, like, I don't know, a few hundred or so, or to a thousand every month. Mm. But during last spring, I was maybe staying even. Okay. But, you know, sometimes we'd have to, like, spend money on, like, when the stable made the album or whatever. So right, right, lose, right. like, chunks of a couple thousand quai or whatever. Yeah. Well, and... I mean, it didn't happen this year, but the the gen, the stable the the uh, the uh, Sarapus Genesis gig uh, in in Hainan that was definitely oh, yeah. the most money I've ever made in one one absolutely one go China side was, or state that side that was awesome absolutely <laughs> it was wonderful if we could do that once a month once yeah once a month just like a high wouldn't need pain. anyone <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you I'm not gonna you shit now. but uh, I think last so last spring was the crazy time and then maybe the term semester before that i wasn't teaching so i'd occasionally get like a rare voice recording thing or something like that you, you know? mean like a, a a studio yeah 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 
That's like the stuff we did together for a little bit, you know, oh, yeah? to where that might be a rare occurrence that helps out with a right, little right. cash. But overall, yeah. I just kind of stayed afloat with gigs or steadily lost a little. Yeah. For real. <laughs> <laughs> I probably spent more money on practice rooms than I did making money at shows, oh, okay. you know, like with the Beijing Dead. That's what I liked about the Weasels is we like we never really practiced in rooms. Mm -hmm. We could just practice at people's houses right. and save money. And we got to doing that with the stable. We've gotten back into the practice room thing just because it's mm -hmm. the band thinks it's easier to practice plugged in. Uh, even though I don't, I enjoy acoustic a lot better. Yeah. Um, but it's just so when you're on stage, you're ready for it. But with yeah, the Beijing yeah. Dead, it was practice room every Wednesday night for two hours. Because so. it's a lot. It's all yeah. It's loud. Drum set. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so, and then we'd gig maybe once a month, so that probably didn't even, I guess it covered the practice room costs. <laughs> that should be so loud. <laughs> no, when I don't want to song, that's what I'll do. It's like... <laughs> that's so innovative. <laughs> that's so innovative. <laughs> that's so innovative. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of like, I mean, the stable is a pretty much, it's like a bunch of white guys and then Chinese dude. Um, I mean, to what? Two now. We got Johnny. Oh, that's right. You got Johnny now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, so uh, 
Do you? I'm wondering if like will the stable be like all Chinese eventually? Be you and a bunch of Chinese. Maybe, maybe no, maybe Randy. Well, I mean, like, to what extent have you over the musical years that you've been in Beijing and and I guess now Tianjin like played with Chinese musicians and um, not much. Um, maybe in some jams like at open mics or CD、mm-hmm. blues. That's happened a few times. With UC, obviously a shitload with Johnny、uh, more recently.、Um, What about I mean, like any musicians doing like traditional, like ch- Chinese stuff?、Uh, no, I mean not Han people. You know, we've played with Xiao Hu, of course. Right, right. But he's ethnically ethnically Mongolian. Right.、Um, but I can't recall. I did one improv thing at Zaja, like a free jam. And、oh. there was a few like Li Tiachao was there on sax. Oh yeah. And then Edo was doing electronics, and then his Italian buddy was playing bass. And then、okay. there was a girl. I think they actually had a benefit for her because she got sick. Fenny or something. Oh Fenny, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was singing. So, but other than that, I I don't recall times I've played except at like some jams、mm-hmm. with Chinese people. What about at like festivals and stuff? Festivals. I've noticed that, like, the, I mean, like the the Taihu Midi Festival we went to in Suzhou last year. There was we didn't really jam with anybody.、Like, I guess there wasn't really time, but、uh, it was cool to see different bands around. I feel like that's the most other bands that I've seen in one place. Like usually,、I'd, you know, if you're gigging, you don't get to go to other people. Bands, you know, right? Other people's shows because you're busy doing your own. Or I usually, even if I don't have a show, I don't want to go out to a show. <laughs> yeah, I spend so like, much time in venues. Yeah, exactly. It's in the smoke, <laughs> the smoke.、Yeah, right, right. But yeah, I.、Um, the China Music Podcast endorses n- smoke-free venues. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Respect your performer. Um, I have not had lots of opportunities to play or jam with. Ethnically Chinese musicians, you know, there was sometimes at the Pickers where some Chinese people would come out, you know, happened yeah, a few、true. times, but、um, in general, not so much,、mm. which is unfortunate. And then in down in、uh, Dali, we we did some with some of those dudes. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, the holy Dali. It was like the, the brothers,、place. yeah, Wang Xiao and.、Uh, Yeah, totally.、Mm-hmm. And then、uh, Dragon, or whatever that guy's name was, who looked like、Dragon. Bruce Lee. He was he had the same name, Shaolong, with the ponytail. In in Dali. Yeah, he's the one who helped us out. Oh, the guy, the drummer. Last night, no,、uh, he was playing guitar when we jammed with him.、Hmm. That was the first night when Randy was playing washboard. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, those are the only specific occasions I can recall. I'm curious、um, what what you think about the, I mean, in terms of gigging and festivals and and playing shows like, play a lot of shows, no, I mean like just the last year, how many shows did we just the Weasels? I mean like we did multiple shows a week, kind of. But yeah, mm, I mean I was there for most of the Monday night yeah stuff, and then you had the the Dead shows and you know the other four, four bands, yeah, but like. Throughout that process, did you get a what was your the picture you developed of like the music industry here? I mean, in terms of like the business side of things, gig you know booking or、mm-hmm. uh, f- yeah like booking finding gigs or like also you know just 
sound, you know, production side of things? Like, do okay. you, what impressions did you have of that? Uh, my impressions are that it was really not that tough to get gigs in Beijing. There's usually, you know, a venue available and a booking person who's willing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it was definitely a crapshoot uh, as far as the sound system or the sound person. Mm. Um, you know, things being improperly grounded or just, you know, also with the stable specifically, you have to deal with a lot of acoustic instruments and some right. feedback and et cetera. Um, sometimes there's a lot of turnover, you know, not only in bands, but even in crowds because people will move away every winter or summer. Mm. And so you lose some people who might dig your music or spread oh. the word. Or be in your band. Yeah, or be in your band. And uh, uh, the biggest headache or obstacles, I think, came with organizing out-of-town stuff, like festivals or whatnot. It seems like there's a lot of... China severely wants to have more and more festivals and cultural happenings, but they don't have the organizational side down yet, Mm -hmm. as you well know. So a lot of times you can't put your stock in the fact that something's going to happen that falls through a lot, which sucks. And people who don't know the musician's lifestyle don't realize that we like, you know, set aside time and maybe cancel other shit to make it happen. Right, right. Um, and then it falls through and you're yeah. like, it's too late to yeah. get people something else. like, oh, what's the problem? You didn't travel anywhere. You didn't lose money. It's like, yeah, I kind of did. I did actually. lose money. I, lose, yeah. I lost potential money because Ex- I can't. Exactly. I had other things I was going to do. Exactly. But I can't. Or even a family trip or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that side is sorely lacking. The organizational aspects and the proper means for dealing with like using the term artists but the performers you know Mm. that could definitely be boned up on but i think it'll get better you know it's just kind of trial and error at this point
places have stood out as, as really, really exceptional gigs for you? I mean, venues and, like, which, which specific gigs do you think were really, really good, memorable? When the stable played at MIDI last spring, that was awesome because there was tons of people. We had John Heater playing bass with us. The Beijing MIDI? Yeah. Last mm. April, maybe? Or May? Okay. It was great. Tons of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we had like a 30-minute set, and we had rehearsed it so many times. Mm-hmm. So we just felt solid about what we were do. We even knew the timing between songs. It, just, nice. it felt like a one-two punch, like very effective, you mm-hmm. know? There was thousands of people into it and paying attention. So that was a really a high, I think. And as far as other out-of-town gigs, the Union Tong gigs with the stable and with the weasels were always very fun for mm-hmm. me because I feel like those people down there are enthusiastic and they listen and they're excited for us to be there. Yeah. Um, what else has been fun? I've all the Beijing Dead gigs, usually at Four Corners, I loved because just... The vibe in the room was very good. Yeah, you know, I totally. felt like friends were there, happy tie dye t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> well, even the folks who aren't didn't listen to Dead at all, but were just happy to get drunk and dance with their friends or whatnot. Like, yeah. I enjoyed the vibe in the room. Um, that was definitely a really that, good community vibe. I don't remember too. any special gigs really? Mm. I like some some modern Easter shows. I, I definitely enjoyed, especially the last one. It was packed. The, the, the Chris Farewell game. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah that was God. really good. So sometimes I would blast at those, of course. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this China Music Podcast. Thank you for the cookies and the baijiu. <laughs> Anytime. I feel great. <laughs> cool. That's it? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, buddy. I hope it went all right. <laughs> Parker Trevathan for joining me on this episode and also special thanks to Travis Klingberg for jamming with us and though he couldn't be on this podcast this time, hope to get him here at a later date. If you like the music on the podcast today, or if you want to play some music and you're in Beijing or traveling through Beijing by all means, check out BeijingPickers.com for news about meets, songs, and tunes that we play in our music community. You can also drop us a line at beijingpickers at gmail.com. Hope to see you.
Labra Girls to come out.